This is Jim Fleming. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to find out more about Stuart Heights or more about our class, or if you'd like to leave us some feedback, you can do so at teachings.jim314.com. Enjoy the lesson. So I had a bet with Julie this morning. She's got a bad cough, so she's not here. But I had a bet with Julie that we wouldn't have more than 25 in Sunday school. So I lost. Um, so thank you for being here. I appreciate that. Uh, so we are today in week two of our two-week series on one another's. So if you got your Bibles... Uh, we will be all over the place today, so go ahead and get that out. But I think I've got all the verses on the handout, but um, sometimes I surprise myself, so we'll see. So um, one of the things that we, we had looked at last week were the one another's that deal with attitudes. Uh, and then the framework for our attitudes was what? Does anybody remember that new commandment that Jesus gave? Love one another, right? So, so the, the framework in which we engage each other is supposed to be all about love. Um, and then we shifted gears a little bit and started talking about action. So these, how do we engage with each other? What do we do? Um, wicked awesome t-shirt, by the way. I have to acknowledge that. Otherwise, I'm just going to think about it the whole class. So maybe it walks in with a gizmo t-shirt. It's just, that's, that's awesome. Uh, yes. <laughs> I did not even put that together. That's awesome. That's cool. Uh, so what you have to do is you have to pray for rain Friday night uh, at Secret Church, and you have to eat something after midnight while wearing that T-shirt, and that would be quite, in, in church, that would be even better, right? All right. Sorry. Shifting gears back. So uh, we looked at the actions uh, last week, several different actions about caring for one another and engaging with one another, uh, and I actually restructured today's lesson uh, last night about... 11.45 or 12 o'clock or so, because um, I was going through it a couple times, and I thought, this doesn't flow very well. I, I literally took scissors and cut all the verses out and then rearranged them. So what I've started with today is the opposite one another's, because there's quite a few one another's that say, when you all do this, don't do this this way when you get together. So we'll start with some of those. So the first three verses there uh, Romans 1.27, Galatians 5.17, and Titus 3.3 3 are really the one another's that talk about things that, that, that folks do before they're Christians or just openly, blatantly pagan. Uh, I would call this section uh, how to look like a pagan. Uh, the next section there, the depriving one, 1 Corinthians 7.5, this is specifically to married couples, says do not deprive or rob uh, one another, except with consent for a time, that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So what goes in the blank there? Sex goes in the blank, yes. Uh, and, and really, you know, what Paul's saying here is that one of the things that we are about is not depriving one another. Um, this is a, we don't deprive our spouses. And we, that's just the way this relationship works. So then there's a long section there about speaking. So we're going to run through some of these. So that the first section that old ways in my mind is how to look like a pagan. Uh, that second section is how to look like a pagan. And that third section is how to sound like a pagan. So Romans 14, 13. Uh, it, uh, flip to Romans 14 in your Bibles. I want you to see the context of this before we jump in. Because one of the things that's easy to do with a, with a subject like this is to proof text. Does anybody know what proof texting is? 
What is proof texting, Darla? It is taken, out, of context. out of context, right? So you, you, I'm going to build my entire theology out of something that's four words long, and yay, there we go, right? So a real common thing right now uh, is to hear people say, don't judge. You ever heard anybody say this? Yes, I am too. Uh, I actually taught a whole Sunday school lesson on why you should judge, but, you know, it's, it's biblical. Uh, you got to do it the right way, it's, and there's some cautions to put around it, but Romans 14, somebody tell me the context of Romans 14. You don't hear a lot of people talk about Romans 14, because it's fuzzy, and we don't like fuzzy things, and it's literally how to deal with fuzzy things. Fuzzy things, yeah. What's the what's your chapter header say? Do not pass judgment on one another. Do not okay, that's one way to put it. What's another what does it say? The law of liberty and the law of love. The law of liberty and the law of love. Great. So uh, in this so what does verse one say in Romans fourteen? On what kind of matters? Disputable matters, right? So, so when we see the phrase "don't judge" in Romans chapter fourteen, it's referring back to disputable matters. So, I'll give you a disputable matter. Um, a disputable matter is: should you go out to lunch today after church because it's Sunday, which in turn forces somebody to work on Sunday, which, right? How many of you brought up in a house that said we do not go out to lunch on Sundays because of whatever reason? Insert blank here. How many of you are listening to this going, what? Uh, yeah. So disputable matter. Um, there's several different examples of this. There's actually a whole bunch of different examples in Romans 14, which I think is kind of neat. Um, so one of the examples is, should you, should you eat meat sacrificed to idols? We've got seats up in the front. Should you eat meat sacrificed to idols? And how many of you say yes? My hand's up. I say yes, absolutely. Um, as long as it's well done, I am all in. So that's, that's my only, uh, it's probably my favorite part, of, favorite part of Leviticus is, it's bloody, avoid it, but that's okay. So, uh, so Romans 14, 13, let's look at this for just a second. It says, therefore, let us not judge, uh, and your blank there is to pronounce an opinion, to pronounce an opinion. Let's not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve, or it's the same word for judge, uh, this, not to put a stumbling block or to cause a fall in our brother's way. The Greek word is scandalon. It's where we get our English word scandal. So it, there is a way that I can speak into a disputable topic that would be a stumbling block for my brother or for my sister. All right, Because I could get up here and possibly, possibly be eloquent about something that doesn't matter, that is completely open-handed, that would make somebody feel guilty about doing something that is not wrong, right? Does this make sense? So this verse says don't judge somebody else for being, doing something that is very open-handed. So not only was I wrong about the attendance, you guys are blowing me out of the water with the attendance. I'm excited about that. So uh, James 4.11, do not speak evil one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of the brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. Um, I'm not a judge. But I did do a Sunday school lesson on uh, judging. 
And if you want to know where that is, there's a website at the very bottom of your handout, stewartheights.org slash Sunday School. That's where all of our Sunday School stuff is on our Stuart Heights page. There's a link there that will take you to all the stuff that we've done in Sunday School for the last five, six, seven years. I don't know. It's like three or 400 lessons up there. It's ridiculous. And in the Dumb Things Smart Christians Believe, I did not come up with that title. I wish I had. It's really fantastic. Larry Osborne's uh, Preach Out in California came up with that. In the Dumb Things Smart Christians Believe, uh, he's got a, a whole chapter on why Christians shouldn't judge and why that's a dumb thing. Be clear on that one. So, uh, so how to, how to sound like a pagan is judging on things that are opinions. So James five, uh, verse nine. This is the next verse in that speaking section. Uh, Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. So, anybody have a different word? Go to James five nine in your Bibles if you would for a sec. Let's see if anybody's got a different word for for that uh, grumble. Murmur, yes. Anything else? Mur- I got. What's that? Complain. Complain, yes. Very good. Anybody else got anything else? Grudge. Grudge. So imagine what this would be like. Just it. I'll be John Lennon for a second. Um, <clears throat> sorry. This is what happens when I do the Sunday school lesson. Finish it up at midnight. Get weird references that pop in. So just imagine that uh, we we lived in a world where no Christian murmured, grumbled, complained. How incredibly attractive would that be? Right? I mean, ridiculously attractive. Just, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So this is the section, How to Sound Like a Pagan, right? So let's grumble, let's complain. Um, Who is described as the accuser in the Bible? Satan. That's your blank. Satan is the accuser. He has a job. He works it full time plus overtime. He doesn't need our help. Right? He's got that covered. So let's let's not help the devil do his work, which is accusing each other. Uh, Then we get to Colossians 3, 9. Uh, Do not lie or deceive one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Uh, Do not lie one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Uh, One of the modern translations says stripped. It's your blank there. You stripped off the old man. No examples of this. I just wanted to have the blank there. I'd probably strangle myself on the um, microphone wire, but that wouldn't be good. So Galatians 5.26, let us not become conceited. This is glorying without any reason, provoking or calling out one another, envying one another. Um, this is what we can do with our, with our mouths, provoking or calling out one another. You ever seen anybody that was really uh, cocky about something in their life that either they owned, they could do, who they knew. Barry Switzer, you may know who Barry Switzer is. Who's Barry Switzer? Football coach. Football coach. Yeah, he's coach at Oklahoma. Um, he was also the coach at, anybody else know? For pro team. 
for the Cowboys, yes, only one of two people that have ever won a national championship at the college level and a Super Bowl, which sounds pretty hard to do. But his quote that I uh, pulled off was, uh, some people are born on third base and go through life thinking they've hit a triple. <laughs> right? Right? I mean, it's just, you think, oh, I'm just, I'm all that. Look at me. I'm fantastic. I'm conceited. Yes. And it looks and sounds and smells as, as awful as it actually is. Um, right? I mean, this is how to sound like a pagan. Galatians 5.15. But if you bite and devour one another. Beware lest you be consumed by one another. So the word there for bite is to cut up with your teeth. You bite and devour. The devour word means to squander or to waste. Beware lest you be consumed. And this is shamelessly spent. Um, all of us do this with cash at some point, right? shamelessly spend on something that, oh, you know what, that ended up being a really bad, it's like whether it was a dollar or whether it was $100 or whether it was $1,000, whatever it was. Um, Julie and I, we had been at Stewart Heights maybe, I don't know, I want to say a year, maybe a year and a half, and Stewart Heights was redoing the family directory. It's when we had a family directory, like an actual physical book with everybody's pictures in it. And uh, we had not done uh, family pictures uh, because we were poor. That was a joke, but it was true, too. Uh, and, and we decided that we would get family pictures. And I don't know if you know how this works, but they take your picture and they show you several different shots. And then, then there's somebody else that comes in who's a really good talker. Like, really, really. You've, you've done this. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> And, uh, and we just started saying yes, because, I mean, we need to capture these memories, right? Uh, and, and I actually have, I, I, I don't know, I feel like I'm special in this regard. Maybe I'm not. But my house burned down when I was four years old, and we lost all of our baby pictures of me and my sister. And the half a dozen baby pictures that I have are a result of the family members that my mom had mailed out. They mailed them back, which... How awesome is that, right? So I have half a dozen baby pictures. I was fat, that's all I know, so that's about it. Um, and, and so I'm thinking, you know, we got to, this is good, we got to preserve, we got to have some pictures and a lot of copies, all right? And we walked out and we had spent like $350 on pictures. And, you know, you, you get home and I'm just like, I need to put that, that didn't fit in the budget anywhere. Where, where, was, where was that? And, and then you get home and it's like, I spent that on paper. <laughs> oh, you know, last week we talked about that hurting in the gut, and you feel it in the gut, and I was like, oh, it's just this shamelessly spent thing. But we can shamelessly spend ourselves when we bite and devour each other. That same just casual casting away, that casual casting away. So that's the don'ts. That's the don't do these things uh, to and with and for one another. So let's flip over to the do's on the other side of the page. Um, and the framework for the, the actions here on this side are that we are members of one another. So Romans 12, 5 at the top. So we being many are, what's the next two words? One body. How many bodies? One body. I'll say it again. The, the worst, I don't know the worst, probably not the worst, the most public 
theological error that I have ever made is in the first sentence of our church's constitution and bylaws. Uh, I got to be a part of revising that. It was, I thought it was exciting. I know some of you were like, this is ridiculous. It was, I thought it was cool. Um, I got to be a part of revising those maybe five years ago, six years ago, something like that. And uh, so I went and did what I thought was right, which was go get copies of 25 or 30 other churches who have multi-site in their bylaws and constitution and figure out what they have in them and copy that, right? Okay, start with something else. And uh, somebody pull it up for me real quick. You go to stewartheist.org and then it's under resources and uh, our constitution. It gets like six hits a year, so this may <laughs> triple the hits on this. Um, I don't remember the exact word, but you, you looking it up, Stephen? Yes, sir. Awesome, good. And uh, so we're sitting around the room, we were trying to figure out what goes in this document, because this is the legal binding document that if something ever happened that involved the court system, this is the document the court would refer to, to, you know, how does this work, and were things followed, and were things not followed? And you got it pulled up? Not yet. Oh, you're dependent upon the Stuart Heights Wi-Fi, aren't you? No, I'm not even on it. Okay, awesome. Um, but the the very first sentence goes something like, um, "This local body of believers," and it sounded really good when I wrote it. But the problem is what is. There's not a, no such thing as a local body. There's a local congregation, which is what we are, which is completely and totally theologically different than the one body of Christ. There is one body of Christ. There's just one. And, and I don't know that we can say this enough. You got it yet? I think it's been taken down. It's been taken down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Too many theological errors in it? Crash the website. All right, <laughs> crash the website. So you're blank. Your blank is limbs, L-I-M-B-S, limbs. We are individually members of one another. All right, so I need everybody to help me out real quick, all right? I need everybody to stand up, and we're going to make a massive circle. And we're going to hold hands for a second. Is there a pure elbow around or what? This is flu season, Jim. Massive circle all the way around the room. You do you? Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, here it is. It's in the pre. It sounds. You gotta. You gotta join. It's in the preamble section. It says, "For the more certain preservation and security of the principles of our faith." Doesn't that sound official? It sounds official, doesn't it? And that this body may be governed in an orderly manner, consistent. I'm like, oh. I keep waiting for somebody theologically to call me out. I gotta step in here. I'm gonna step in here. So, so here's, how, here's how this works. We are members of one another. The word for members is limbs. My limb is your limb. My limb is your limb. This is, we're connected. There's a very real connection amongst believers. The problem that we have is that we don't see it like this. I think, I think... You helping me out with a hand motion? That's awesome. Thank you. I was like, it doesn't feel like I'm pulling her around here, so that's pretty cool. I feel like the angels can see it better than we can. 
because they have this vision that they can see things that are spiritual that we can't, and they know who's a believer, and, and we don't necessarily know who's a believer. But there's a unity in Christ that is that has a duration that is not like anything else that we can relate to. Nothing. Because we will be in heaven one day, and we'll be unified, and there'll be one body. And I think it will look a lot more like this than it will with our hands in our pockets. Because there is how many bodies? It's one body. How many gods do we serve? One God. And how many persons? Three. Now, this is not an analogy of that, but it's kind of close. There's one body of Christ. We have a lot of members. A lot of members. I'll, I'll let you know a secret. There's members not in this church. Shocking, isn't it? That's, yeah, that's right, you know. <laughs> Methodists in the back right now. Um, one body. Now, some of you are not touchy-feely people, and you're like, this is driving me nuts. This is driving me nuts. There are even people that are members that were not in the room when we started this little exercise. Hey, Cheryl. Yeah, you, you're going to get sucked in. <laughs> yes. Cheryl, how many, how many bodies of Christ are there? One. That's right. We're illustrating that this... Yeah, that was the right answer. That should be awesome. We should have a ding machine every time somebody gets the right answer. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right. One body. Is this important? Yes. You know why it's important? Because this unifies us with Christ. I want you to picture Jesus holding our hands in this circle. He's part of... Of we're part of him through this. So when we start to behave like there's more than one body, Jesus only has one. We are denying the body of Christ when we deny that there is one body. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. All right? Thank you, guys. Thank you. Anybody's hands sweating? My hands are sweating, yeah. Sorry about that. There'll be Purell in the back for those of you that are worried about that. So. All right, so let's keep going. So we had a speaking section for how to sound like a pagan. There's a speaking section for how to sound like a believer, too. All right, so Ephesians 4.25. Therefore, putting away lying, let each of you speak what? Truth with his neighbor. Speak truth with his neighbor. What is truth? What is truth? What, what is it? It's not a lie, right? Do any of you maybe have a copy of truth? Yes. What is that? The Bible. Yes, that's exactly right. Truth is the scripture. Truth is Jesus Christ. Truth are things that are eternal. So when we talk about speaking truth with his neighbor, this is not the, the mailman has come and you need to check your mail. That's not the truth we're talking about here. This is something of truth that is of value, that has substance. For we are members of 
one another. Romans 15, 14, Now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you are also full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to... What's the word? Admonish. And we don't like the word admonish because admonish is not always positive. Sometimes admonish is uh, tough. Admonish one another. The Greek word is nutheo. It means to warn, exhort, or to counsel. C-O-U-N-S-E-L, counsel. To warn. You're going over a cliff. Stop accelerating. Right? Anybody wish they'd had somebody tell them to stop accelerating when they're going over a cliff in their life at some point? Yeah, absolutely. Admonish one another. James 5.16, confess or to acknowledge your trespasses to one another. Yes. Now, does it say confess her trespasses to one another? <laughs> or confess his trespasses to one another? Um, this is one of the things that I, I don't like about only using digital resources at this point is that I don't, I don't have a physical copy of the scripture that I, I take notes in anymore. But if I did, like some of you do, I might circle that word your um, because that's kind of a big deal. And, and, when, and when you confess your trespasses to one another, now, I, I'll be honest. When I, when I read this verse, I almost always put myself in the position of I am the one confessing. I don't put myself in the position of I am the one listening to a confession. Right? I, I, I don't know how you read the verse, but typically that's the, the perspective that I take. But when I hear a trespass, or when I share a trespass, the next section is what? And pray for one another that you may be healed. There is healing in this confession, which I, I think that's amazing. He's kind of built this into the fabric of the universe. So the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails. I have to say availeth, because that's how I memorized it. Availeth much. All right, so then receiving. Uh, this is probably the most, uh, all of truth is practical in that, in that it is truth yeah. itself. But Romans fifteen seven is incredibly practical advice. Uh, Therefore, receive or take in one another, just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. So when somebody needs something, we take them in. Just as we needed something and Christ took us in, which is pretty awesome. And then 1 Corinthians eleven thirty three. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. Wait for one another. Now, um, have any of you ever met Senator Bob Corker? Have you ever met Senator Corker? Wow, that's a lot of people. I was expecting like one or two. He gets around a lot. Cool. Um, well, let's say, who has not met Senator Bob Corker? Who would like to actually think, think that's kind of cool? He was actually listed as uh, one of Time 100 most influential people, I think, in the planet, right? Yeah. yeah, which is kind of a big deal, right? So, Tim, you would like to meet Senator Corker? That'd be kind of neat. I email him regularly. But okay. Well, that's awesome. Um, I'm glad you do. Um, so, so here's my, my question. If I, had, if I had an in with Senator Corker and could arrange lunch with you and him tomorrow at, say, 12 o'clock, where would you like to have lunch with Senator Corker tomorrow? Maple Street. There you go. We'll go to Maple Street. Woot, woot. There you go. That's what I was going to suggest if, if nobody, yeah. So, 
so we're going to have we're going to have lunch with Senator Corker tomorrow at twelve o'clock. Okay. So what time are you going to get there? It's going to be a little earlier than 12, right? Why? You're not going to stand up to Senator. Okay. So, so let's just make sure we know how this generally works. When, when somebody really significant meets with somebody who is maybe not quite, didn't make, you didn't make the time 100, right? Not this year. Okay, not this year. <laughs> that is a positive outlook on life, my friend. I like it. Not this year. So th there's actually a group of people that take care of all this scheduling stuff for him. And one of them would have reached out to you and you know, confirmed probably multiple times that this location and this time and whatnot, and they would have your cell phone. And let's say the, the senator's appointment right before got delayed, and he's going to be five minutes late. It's going to be 12.05 at Maple Street. You, you going to wait on him? Oh, yeah. You, you, you okay with five minutes? All right. Okay. What about 12.15? Absolutely. Okay. Kind of biscuit. 12. I'm waiting for much lower level people, much longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> what, what about... What about 12.30? You still good? Yeah, you're going to tell Zeke to bring me a biscuit while you're waiting, but you, you're still good, right? Zeke would have already brought the Zeke, yeah, Zeke would have. That's exactly right. He, he, he would have, you know? I didn't, why would we even need to think about that? 12.45? I mean, he's coming. He's going to be there. You've got assurances that he's going to be there. 1 o'clock? 1.30? How long are you going to stay? Until he cancels or shows up. Until he cancels or show up, right? You know why? Because we wait for people that are important to us. We do. And, and that's your blank, by the way. Uh, we wait for people that are important to us. This verse is literally wait on people. You sit down to eat, guess what? Let it get cold. Because we demonstrate to the person that we're waiting on that they are more important. Now, I came from a household where at least twice a week I had no roof of my mouth because my mom was one of those, it's still, it's, it's still bubbling, not steam, it, steam was, it's too cold, it's still bubbling coming out of the oven and she tosses it onto the table and, and whoever prays better get on with their business. Okay? We're not thanking God for the birds and the stars and the trees and the grass. We're, Thank you, Lord, for the food. Amen. And if we say in Jesus' name, that's great. And if we didn't, well, don't let the food get cold, right? I, you have a tendency to do this. Is this right? Because they all looked at you. So I'm, I'm just assuming that they did. Not at all? Okay, great. Um, let the food get cold, but wait on people. Because we demonstrate what's important to us by what we wait on. All right, so uh, Galatians 5.13. So this is not just a speaking or a receiving thing. This is a serving thing as well. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. And they do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through agape love, serve one another or be a slave, which we really don't like that terminology. I mean, that's just, I am free. I am an American, right? I am. And... I'm not a slave. That's not, I don't want any part of that. But serve one another. 1 Peter 4, 9, be hospitable to one another, but grumble about it if you need to. Wouldn't that be? You'd be like, what? I don't think that. No, without grumbling, without murmuring, without complaining, without griping, we freely welcome people in. And this is not just a generosity of, 
uh, oh, I'll open the door for somebody. This is, I'll open the door to my bedroom to you and, and house you and protect you and feed you and clothe you and care for you. It's a whole different level of hospitality in the New Testament time than what we consider hospitality. Um, and then there's this bearing thing, which is really amazing too. Ephesians 4, 2, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering. You know what long-suffering means? You guys have heard me talk about this before. It's some, there's some part of your face that's large with long-suffering. Your nose. It's a big-nosed person. <clears throat> the, the idea here is that uh, if the nostrils are very, very large, you ever been around a horse when a horse got mad? What happens to a horse when a horse gets mad? The flare, right? The nostrils pipe. If you're behind a horse and somebody, you need to be in communication and somebody have a, have a bead on the horse's nose. Because if a horse's nose does this, you do not need to be standing behind the horse. I grew up on a 220-acre horse farm. You do not want to be standing behind a horse when the horse's nostrils flare. It's not the place to be. Um, but this long-suffering idea is that the bigger your nose is, the more anger can be accommodated before action actually occurs. So if you have a small nose, you have a small facility for holding anger in. If you have a large nose, you have a lot of capability of holding anger in. So those of you that have larger noses, I'm not looking at anybody right now. Um, <laughs> your blank is a slowness in, in avenging wrong a slowness in avenging wrong. What a beautiful world that would be, right? We just say, you know what? I'm just going to walk slowly to avenge. I'm not going to run to avenge. I'm going to walk slowly to avenge. It's a slowness in avenging. So, and then this bearing with one another in love. Bearing with one another in love. So uh, this, the idea here is holding up, sustaining or holding up. See, I need to be strong in my walk with the Lord so that I can hold up somebody else. It's not just so that I can know something or have a great walk with the Lord. It's so that I can bear others. Because Galatians 6.2 says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And where did we start with this series? We started with the, the law of Christ, which was to love, right? So this is how we fulfill that law. So what's the outcome of applying these one another activities? <clears throat> what if we walk or conduct our lives in the light as he is in the light? We have fellowship with one another. We have community. That's your blank. It's koinonia. It's this joint participation. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin, which is wonderful. Now, some of you know uh, me a little bit, and some of you know that I like um, I like to do puzzles. You may know that I like to do puzzles. I don't get to do puzzles a lot um, because they take a lot of time, and I have uh, people ask me to do a lot of things, and I don't get to do puzzles very often. But my wife, uh, I was with her at home a couple days this last week, and I had a couple days to hang out at the house and just kind of be around her. And it was cool. And I needed something to do during that period. So I went last Saturday, I think, to Hallmark. Now, I don't like just any kind of puzzle. Just any kind of puzzle is not okay. I want a really complex puzzle, and it needs to say this word on it right here. What's that word, Miss Beth? Springbok. Springbok. 
okay? It needs to say Springbok, because Springbok puzzles are really, really good puzzles. Springbok puzzles, you finish them and you can pick them up. And you can toss them around. They're very, very sturdy. There, there's only one kind that I think is actually better, and that's Ravensburger. But those are, those are ridiculously expensive. It's, I know, it's like puzzle trivia here today, right? <laughs> Y'all are like, you are really into puzzles, that you know the types of puzzles. But yes, I am. I really am. And I, I, had a, I talked with my dad about this yesterday, just so I get the dimensions right. My room when I was growing up was 16 by 16, this massive room, right? And it was uh, hardwood floors, uh, 1 by 12s is what they were. Uh, that actually curled up a little bit, but that's okay. It was, it was a good, safe place to live. And I started doing puzzles right after I got diagnosed with being allergic to everything that God made. <laughs> and so I did a lot of puzzles. I did a lot, a lot, a lot of puzzles. And I would put them together, and I didn't want to take them apart. So one day, I just said, Mom, can I just leave the puzzles on the floor? She's like, yeah, absolutely, no problem. Said, cool. So I just kept doing puzzles, kept doing puzzles, and got to the point where my entire floor of my room was covered in puzzles. Now, this worked really well until you needed to clean the room. And we didn't buy Springbok puzzles because Springbok puzzles are ridiculously expensive. Like this one costs 25 bucks, I think. It's ridiculous, right? I mean, that's just ludicrous. That's a really awesome puzzle. And of all the puzzles that I have done in my life, I don't know how many hundreds of puzzles I have done in my life, I never experienced what I experienced with this puzzle this week. Because this puzzle this week is already completely put together. Right now, it is completely put together. And it had three extra pieces. Now, I have done puzzles where there was a piece missing. Yes, my nose is flaring at this point, right? Um, but I have never done a puzzle with extra pieces, ever. And, and I thought, what in the, why would I have extra pieces in this puzzle? It's like, yeah, so, so I'm actually going to, and Springbok puzzles come with a, uh, a little card that you can return back to the company saying, hey, did you enjoy the puzzle? Give us any comments or feedback or whatnot. So I've, I've got to fill the card out and say, you've got somebody that's really ticked off because I've got three of their pieces, and I will gladly mail them back to you so that they can not be angry with you and want to hurt someone because someone at their house is probably in danger of being injured right now. Um, because I promise you, if I'd have gotten through 1,997 pieces and three were missing, it would have been ugly at our house. So, so you say, Jim, why did you bring this box in and talk about these puzzles? I, I kind of think maybe a puzzle looks like one another's, right? And I, I kind of think maybe we all fit together in a way that is supposed to paint a bigger picture. That Y'all would never guess why I'd got a Coke puzzle, would you? Because my wife is an addict. That's why I got a Coke puzzle, yes. Uh, she is. She'll tell you. She, her name is Julie, and she's an addict. Um, but I, I kind of got to wonder that that maybe we're supposed to fit together to paint a bigger picture that drives people somewhere else that's not about the individual piece. And, and those three extra pieces really got me thinking that there's no extra pieces in God's body. He's got the exact number that he needs, and they're supposed to fit together in a very specific way. Um, so that's what? 
That's, I, that's, what I, that's what Julie told me. She said those three pieces are in there, so you can give that example. It's like, I think so, too. So, I think so, too. So, yes, I will be mailing them back this week um, so that somebody else is not angry. But find the piece that you are. Find where you plug in. Find where you fit and fit. Fit. Okay? So that's the one and others. Uh, next week, next week is an important announcement. Next week, no Sunday school in this room. If you would like to come to Sunday school, this class will be meeting in Daryl's class as part of his class with whomever Daryl's class is being taught by teaching. I will not be here. There will not be somebody teaching this class. Why will there not be somebody teaching in this room? Renovations. Renovations. That's right. In two weeks, Lord willing and the schedule don't slip, there will be a new look and feel to this room. Uh, one that does not include 47 different colors of lights. <laughs> so there's actually 48 lights, and there's 47 different colors. So, um, yeah, you can count them if you want to. There's probably not 48. I, don't know, I just made up a number. But, uh, but that's the lesson for today. So no Sunday school in this room next week. If you want to come to Sunday school, you can visit Daryl's class, and that would be fantastic. Do you have a question? I have an announcement. An announcement, yes. I'm having a wedding shower for Jesse Lewis next Sunday after church. Awesome. So we do need to come to church so that we can love on Jesse and Joey Brown. Yes. Joey's a cool dude. I like Joey. They fit together very well. Ah, you see what I did there? Yeah, that was good. All right, good. So uh, lean in for a second. Uh, do those prayer requests at your tables. If you've got prayer requests, write those down. Thanks for being here today on a rainy day. It was very encouraging to me, so I, I appreciate that. And uh, yes. The last blank. Oh, I left a blank out? Oh, we have a beautiful picture of faith that encourages. Of faith that encourages. Sorry, thank you very much. You can't. Um, I would have gotten emails from people listening to the podcast, so thank you for that.